Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All right, thanks, Louis, yeah. Feeling, feeling, feeling healthy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least two of us fighting are. fit, yeah, because not fighting fit this evening. Nathan Mullers bowled it. Again. Bowled, absolute bowl job. I've, I've always had him down as one. Mm. Uh, so he's uh, unfortunately not fit and healthy enough to... Uh, to join us on tonight's show as we discuss uh, the end of the transfer window. We'll look at the comings and goings here at the Valley. We're going to discuss uh, the way that Carl Robinson reacted to the end of the transfer window. Um, uh, we're going to talk about protests. Card, uh, well, the Card, the Belgian 20 and War have all announced a joint protest that's going to happen uh, later on next month. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the Getting to Know the Network podcast, which was released, the episode 3 was released on uh, on Tuesday, I think it was. So we've all listened to that. Uh, well, myself and Nath did. Uh, Nath was fit enough last night to go out to go mm-hmm. out and uh, Funny that. yeah, me and him went undercover uh, just to see how the other half live. Really, we went up to West Ham. So you're going to hear me and Nath undercover at the London Stadium. Then we're going to look ahead to Saturday's uh, huge game, really, with Fleetwood Town here at the Valley, hearing from the man himself, Carl Robinson, as he chats to BBC Radio Kent. So uh, busy show this evening. Uh, of course, the uh, the transfer window slammed shut as uh, as Jim White likes to declare. Uh, every six months or so, he slammed shot on, uh, was it Monday evening? Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. Monday, I Monday. think. Uh, and uh, and uh, we, we, we did, did some business on the last day. Um, Steffi Mavididi, I think. I think that's how you well, pronounce it. I haven't asked anyone. Just anyone. about. Yeah, uh, he, he's coming on loan from Arsenal. Nikia Jose went out on loan to Swindon. Joshua Umera uh, went out on loan to Kilmarnock. We've released a couple of players as well, which we'll talk about since. But, mm. you know, overall, now you're looking at, M- M- MVDD coming in and a Jose going out which is what did you make of those of those comings and goings really I think that's kind of in keeping with a lot of our business in January is that it's just been a bit like for like so where we have brought players in we've seen people go you look at Lookman and Byrne you look at Fox and Page um, and now these two as well and I think whilst the people that have come in and played so far I've liked the look of um, obviously the difficulty is that we haven't really expanded our squad um so if injuries come around again, we're in a bit of trouble again. But if all are fit, I think we, we've got a, a good squad still. Um, I would have liked to have seen a couple more come in. And as we'll hear, I'm not the only one who, who thought that <laughs> way. But um, yeah, this youngster, let's give him a chance. You know, I saw people attacking him or saying, you know, what? not necessarily him directly, but why have we made this signing? But let's give him a chance. You never know. There's been other players... Frimpong aside, who've come in from Arsenal and done very well for us. So, yeah. well, we'll yeah, see. it's like for every for every Frimpong, there's been a Cochland. For for every Alex Song, there's been a Yaya Sonoma. Yeah, if you're looking at players who signed on. Yeah, Arsenal. so we'll see. Let's hope he's uh, the last former former. Yeah, so yeah, Steffi M- M- 
Uh, I've got his name now. Steffi Mavid- Mavididi. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to brush up on that mm. one before Saturday. Uh, so he's joined us on loan until the end of the season. He's 18 years old. He's a striker. Um, he hasn't. He's never made a first team appearance yet. So that's why it's always going to be interesting to see how he actually mm. made the step up towards men's football. But last season, uh, for the under 21 side, he banged 17 goals in 30 games, and that's you know that, that, that's nothing to be sniffed at as well. And obviously, Arsenal will play at a slightly higher mm. like youth level than we do. So. Hope, does that give you more of an indication as to whether he'd be ready to play? Not really sure. Right? I don't. I don't think so. But at the same time, if he'd scored one in all those games, that would obviously be worse. So it, that record is good. Um, you would think that the reason Carl has brought him in and chosen a Jose to go is more to do with the style of play and where he's going to fit in. So if he can get up to speed with uh, the brutality and the physicality of League One, then you would think that his his uh, qualities and his abilities attributes are going to count more towards as I say towards the style of play we've got uh, you know the likes of Burn out on the flanks as well um, Ricky Holmes obviously coming back from injury so maybe a bit like Bataka will give him some start, uh, some time just off the bench and let him sort of work his way in slowly and as I say he's another option the problem with the Jose was that there wasn't really anywhere else we could play him other than one position and that position would didn't really exist in Carl's formation. Yeah, this is the out and out goal scorer. Really. Yeah. Uh, so Robinson said of uh, Mavididi that uh, he's someone that I've seen play a few times in the under twenty three Premier League, and he's certainly got the key components to succeed in what I call real football. He has the power, the game intelligence, and this move is one that he has to grab with both hands. They speak highly of him in the Arsenal youth setup, and he will give us something different to Lean Novak, Tony Watt, and Josh McGuinness. With Nicky going out on loan, we needed to get someone who can help us stretch a game. Steffi is a real talent. I'm sure Charlton will be a real home for him, a real home for him, in the short term. So was uh, one of those ones that we're uh, going to wait and see how he gets on. He, he said himself, Steffi and Mavididi, uh, I'm really excited. This is my first loan. It's a big opportunity for me and stepping stone in my career. It's something I want to do. I'm looking forward to the experience. I was at the Millwall game a couple of weeks ago. The Valley is such a big stadium, and what captured me was. The uh, most of fans and the atmosphere uh, it made me want to run out in front of them and play I can't wait to get started I think he's going to be uh, slightly disappointed if he thinks mm. the Millwall atmosphere is the, uh, the atmosphere we although can, we if can. he's comparing it to the Emirates then it probably is yeah that's true um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, look he's not going to be someone that comes in and starts every game I don't suspect um, but as I say he's another option off the bench and you look going back to that Millwall game how we struggled because the options off the bench were so limited I think he's someone that Carl would have a bit more faith in in picking and playing in a couple of different positions. So Obviously now that leaves us with six loanies in the squad. You can mm. only have five uh, in, in your matchday squad. So who do you think is going to be the one to take the drop? And now obviously, I, if you're looking last week, I mean, Jada Silva has been on the bench a couple of times. He's only been on mm. once. Uh, uh, Jordan Botarka's just coming back from the African Cup of Nations now. I think he's flying home today by the sounds of it. It might be your boy Freddie who's getting dropped on. No, Freddie Olverstead. I'm not having that. <laughs> uh, seriously, no? Yeah, well, it's... It's tough because Carl doesn't doesn't seem to I don't know doesn't seem to rate him or you know he hasn't been even as you say even making the bench in in recent weeks and I don't know why that is I'd have him obviously starting every game but um, it, look, more seriously I think Olverstad has offered us a lot of quality um, De Silva's still very young uh, Bataka coming back from the African Cup of Nations might not be ready to come in straight away so I think over the next three or four weeks maybe those two and Olverstad you know there might be some rotation on the bench between those three um but yeah it might well be him um i guess we'll just have to wait and see mm. but carl 
please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Marion's just tweeted in saying that she's uh, she usually forgets to listen on a Thursday night, but she is listening this evening. So good evening to you, Marion. If anyone else wants to get involved with the show tonight, uh, have your say on anything that we talk about. You can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. We want to know what you made of the uh, the comings and goings in the transfer window, what you made of Carl Robertson's reaction to the end of the transfer window, the card protest or the, the, the joint protest, the unity protest being called. Uh, the Get to Know the Network podcast uh, Anything you want to talk about, really, let us know. Studio at CharltonLive.co.uk or tweet us at CharltonLive. Uh, now, like, we, like we've already alluded to there, Nikia Jose has gone out on loan to Swindon. Now, it's one of those ones where when you spend that amount of money on a player, a player who you know has scored goals in this league, Lossie, mm. I, I was slightly surprised to see us see us letting go uh, this early you know, this early into his Charlton campaign because we know there's something in there. I know Carl obviously didn't yeah. quite fancy him. I think, yeah, and when you look at his goal record, when he's left okay it's not one in two but it's it's not a bad return for someone who's come into a new club and is adapting to new circumstances his game time hasn't been huge um he as i say has got goals but he just doesn't fit in carl robinson's formation and it, it's frustrating and it must be frustrating for nicky as well um because i think he thinks he's coming here and with no disrespect to swindon it probably feels like a big step up um but it you know it at the moment, isn't working out. And I don't think that's even to say that it won't ever. Um, but he needs to be just playing regular football. He, You know, he, he's frustrated on the bench. And like I say, going back to that Millwall game, didn't even make the bench because I think Carl thought, well, I'm never going to put him in a position that he's happy with anyway. So he might as well not be there. So he's had a tough time since Carl's come in. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably the best thing for him. But like you, I was a bit... Bit disappointing, a bit surprised to see him go. Yeah, I mean, if you try and work out whether we, after this window our striking department's got mm. you know improved or, or, or got worse, it's hard to say really because we have lost we've lost a Jose now, we've brought in a, a kid that we don't really know anything about, but we have also gained Tony Watt. Yeah, it's a different option. And I, I thought Tony Watt was absolutely superb up at up at Bolton Wanderers. He you know, didn't didn't quite do the business that much against Millwall at home. Mm. But he, I thought he looked excellent at Bolton. We got Josh McGuinness coming back hopefully next week by the sounds of it. So, do you think overall is it is it too early to gauge whether we've improved or or got worse in terms of strikers? I think it is. I think when you look at what Lookman gave us, I know not he's not an out and out striker or wasn't for us, but in terms of an attacking threat, it, it was always going to be hard to replace that. I think on his day, Tony Watts probably one of the most technically gifted footballers we've got in the whole squad. It's just whether he can get his mind right and work hard. And as you say, from from the sound of things at Bolton, he, he did exactly that. Um, I think the other thing that might make us stronger is him and McGuinness is, is far more likely to work than Nicky and McGuinness ever would have done. So if Carl does want to utilise two strikers at the same time, I think we've actually got more chance of doing that. So that makes us stronger. But as I say, a proven goal scorer like a Jose and all the quality that Lutman's got, that's that's hard to replace. So it's going to take some time, but I, I don't think we've got... We certainly haven't, I wouldn't say, got worse. Uh, Lewis Wheeler says Frederick is way more of an option than De Silva. Not sure why we got De Silva. Frederick is a different option in the middle. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I like Carl Robertson. Uh, I think Carl Robertson likes a forward that can do everything and has a multitude of attributes. Look at all of our strikers, big and fast. Because I mean, after the mm. Bolton game, we were, in the interview, Carl was explaining, you know, I, the ideal player he wanted to sign was going to be a striker who could play on the wing, but he, he also wanted to be under twenty-four and he also wanted to be a permanent. Yeah. Obviously, it's not permanent. That that hasn't that hasn't happened and. You know, Carl talks about his frustrations at certain things not happening. We'll hear a clip of that in a few moments' time and try and work out what it is. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean, doing 
permanent business is always a better way. And I like I like the way he was talking about that. And I like the fact that we get a, a player like Jake Forstakarski that probably you know has, has been on loan at Rotherham, and I imagine Brian would have been reasonably happy loaning him out again. Yeah. The fact we get someone like him on a permanent and and Lewis Page on a permanent, these are just they're just the building blocks because I've said it before and. That's why I saw a few people getting a bit frustrated with the fact that we've got in another loney mm. at the end of this window, and I completely understand why because there's, there's, there has been so much short termism over the over the last few years. You, you look at the turnover of players we have; it seems yeah. so high, and managers, and, and managers as well, and, and that's part of the reason. I mean, even yeah. even today, like the um, the, the fact that Nicky, uh, the fact that Nicky Jose's gone back the other day, people are implying, well, it, pro- it probably has got something to do with a turnover of manager. I mean, I've. I've heard that Nicky Jose was on the way to the club before Russell Slade was, mm. so that was already in motion. But Russell Slade had him in anyway. But then when when Carl Robertson comes in, he looks at the squad we've got, and he, he might not like a certain type of player or a certain few types of players. And then once again, it's a turnover, and you don't yeah. you, know, you need a settled squad really. I mean, you look at when we first got promoted back to the Championship under Power, we kept pretty much the same squad, and that settled squad, you, you, they get used to playing together, they, they build a team ethic and a team spirit. And that's what you need. That's what you don't get if you turn over players too yeah, much. Absolutely, Set, settled is the is the right word. And yeah, and Carl's philosophy spot on. Um, you know, going for young players, getting them tied down to contracts as opposed to just loans. If Roland can just leave him alone to do his job, I've got no no doubt that this season is is perhaps still tight. But next season we're gonna we would have a real push at the title because. It, we'd have a manager who'd been here for a while, he'd be bringing in his players, and like you say, we'd have a settled squad who know each other. The problem is, what what happens if any of that changes? Because if we have players tied down to long contracts because one manager wants them, you know, like El Hajj Bar, for example, who we'll talk about in a bit, gets brought in, gets a, a long contract, we have two or three managers come and go and don't want him, he's just stuck doing nothing and earning a lot of money doing it. So, it's difficult. As I say, Roland just needs to just leave him alone now. I think the changes over the last three or four months have been mainly positive. Carl's brought a, a breath of fresh air in terms of how he comes across. The squad's a bit better. The form's upturned. Obviously, it's not all perfect just yet. There's a long, long way to go before we can we can say that. But it it feels like we're we're in the process of turning a corner, and it felt like that a bit under Slade. It's now feeling a bit more like that, but it does take time. There's always, of course, going to be that distrust, really. And, and, now, yep. and now when... So, again, we'll, we'll come on to what happened at the end of the window with Carl's yeah. video in a bit. But, you know, deep down, there's still, there's still be Charlton fans saying, why didn't Roland push the boat out if we were being quoted a bit more? And, mm. you know, Carl, Carl was clearly upset. And he felt he, he doesn't... He was implying that he doesn't want to do his business that way. And he feels like he was... Uh, although, obviously, then we find out that he did exactly the same at MK Don's towards the end of last yeah. season, which was weird as well. Now, Brian Haynes tweeted in. I noticed this. I think I voted in this poll myself. He... He ran a, a Twitter poll at the end of the window. Uh, he said 98 fans voted on it. So he said that 17% thought the squad had improved in the window, 26% thought it got worse, and 57% thought it had no change. And I think overall, yeah. I think overall, when considered the players that have gone out as well, I'd say it's probably no change. I think there are positive steps in terms of the permanent signings of the like of um, of uh, Jake Forster, Cassidy, yeah. and Lewis Page. And I do like the look of Nathan Byrne. I've been only seen him a couple of times. Obviously, that's not permanent, but you know, fingers crossed if he, if he does the business, then maybe mm. he can turn into one. But yeah, interesting stuff. Right, as, as you say there, we, we've had a couple of outs. Um, uh, uh, Joshua Emera's gone on loan to Kilmarnock. I heard, I, I was told actually that Josh McGuinness was the one who recommended him to Kilmarnock. Okay. So that's a, a bit of a compliment there. Um, uh we were interested in Jordan Williams. He's a Liverpool central midfielder who can also play at centre back, and we'll hear in uh, in Carl's um, 
press today later on that he does confirm that that interest. It, it never happened. It done, I was looking. It done, he didn't seem to have gone anywhere in the end. So I don't right. know if that's a player. When, when we hear about the rant that comes up, which we'll hear soon, mm. I just, just don't really know. But I mean, a, a, another body in the centre of midfield, a young player would have been interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we've kind of. That midfield, I don't know how old Forster Kasky is, but the rest of the midfield seems split one way or the other. So you've got the likes of, of Jacko and Crofts, and then at the other end you've got Aribo, you've got Konza playing in there sometimes, you've got uh, Olverstad, obviously, who's quite young. So, yeah, we, we we are kind of split. We haven't really got anyone who's just, just middle ground at the moment. But uh, as we've said, with the fact that Olverstad at the moment can't make the bench, there's, there's a number of options in there. Um, as I said at the start of the show, I still would have liked to have seen a couple more come in. Um, whether that's our priority position, I, I'm not sure. I maybe would have liked another fullback, someone maybe cover for Solly. Um, but yeah, but just more bodies would have been good because when when we get injuries, as we've seen over the last three or four seasons, we're not very often able to just replace like for like. So it's a shame. And as you say, Carl was, was not happy about it. But just going back to talking about Roland and the distrust with him as well I think Carl very much blames it on the the selling club but you know Roland's got 11 million or whatever rumoured in his back pocket from the Lookman sale if he says to Carl have 5 million of it for one player Carl's not going to say no is he so it does work both ways and as you say with that distrust already there between the fans and the owner I see why people perhaps are quick to turn on him as well. Mm. Right, uh, players released. We, we did release El Hadji Bar on on the last day of the transfer window, although it was uh, wasn't only confirmed till the next day, along mm. with Oliver Muldoon. Now we'll, we'll do Bar first. I mean, no, no one's really surprised. He, he, I don't think he featured at all under Russell. I don't think he's no. featured at all this season. Uh, at times last season, he looked out of his depth. At times, he had good games as well, once, once or twice. But that's just the sort of the sort of risk you take sometimes, and, mm. and, and a risk that we've taken a lot with, with young, sort of unproven players. Sometimes they can fall down and not be good enough, and that's one that's would seem to have cost us a fair bit of money because we would have had to pay off at least a percentage of his contract. Yeah, I think um, he could have gone one or two ways, uh, and I think he's just a bit too. If you can't really, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, and I think that was that was the difficulty. And you know, as we've said, we're trying to build a settled squad here. And I think maybe if he's a bit of a character, and if he's coming in and having some brilliant games, but some dreadful games, I, I, we can't really rely on that. We need people who are hardened, experienced, or you know, just straight down the middle, settled players. And I don't think he was quite that. Um, as you say, more often than not, he had a mistake in him. But there were times where he did show bits of class, but. It just wasn't consistent enough, and that was the problem. And I think, as I say, I think Carl not really the sort of player that Carl's after. Louis Allen tweets in saying, "Will there be a protest on Saturday?" I have to admit, I haven't heard anything about this Saturday. I know we'll talk Don't about the so. protest that's been planned for, uh, for for next month later on in the show, but no, nothing I know that's going on this Saturday. The other player I mentioned there, Oliver Muldoon, mm. one that you know when he was coming up through the youth sphere, it looks like a, a looked like a combative midfielder. I was expecting him to go on to. From the, from the one or two times or so, I thought, I thought he'd probably end up getting a chance at 22 years old now. I never really, mm. if he did play in the first, I've got a feeling he played at Peterborough last season in the cup, but he, um, he, he never he never broke through properly to the first team and, and now he's on his way. Yeah, it's um, it's always a shame because we're so famed for giving our youth a chance and you know getting them in the first team. When one of them doesn't, it's, it's more of a surprise. This probably happens at other clubs all the time, but... 
as you say, by the time he's got to 22, the the flip side of that is that a club like this, if you've got to 22 and you haven't played in the first team, you know, look at Joe Piggott as well, who had a few games and then went back down. You start to think, actually, maybe my chance isn't here because, you know, the likes of Addy, the likes of Esri, Joe Aribo, they're all getting chances and, and I'm not. So, as I say, if one of our own, it's always tough to see them go, but hopefully he can find another club that will offer him some first team football and and give him that chance we saw people like Laurie Wilson and Danny Green who came from our youth system and went off and then came back who knows maybe he will as well one day yeah maybe uh, Harry Art is probably the one who's going to yeah. look at mainly we, yeah. we, I think we released him in he's playing Premier League now with uh, with Bournemouth right so transfer window closed at 11 o'clock on, on Monday evening uh, now uh, but before that it's it around about nine half nine that the club released this video uh, they sent out a tweet saying our, our business is done for January uh, and then Carl um, uh, released this video. Now I've only got a clip of it because it's about ten, eleven minutes long. If you want to, sure, if you want to see it, you can get head over to the club's YouTube page. But this is what Carl Robertson had to say, and I have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen an interview like this from mm. a manager before. I did. It turns out, it turns out there is a few out there from the <laughs> right. same one. But this is what this is what this is what he said after the the window closed on the on the uh, just at the end of January. So there were so many positives for the group that it looks uh, better than what we had. Um, and then we get onto the negative. I'm really, really angry, frustrated. Um, certain football clubs can't conduct themselves correctly, in my view. Um, and one thing I will say, I think you can see, there's a. I don't know whether I should be doing this so soon because of the anger that I have. But every single person at the football club, everybody has tried to get make two deals happen um, over the last seven days. Um, and uh, I can't obviously go tell you who, but I'm talking a lot of money's been put down for one player. Um, if I know, it should have been enough. And people, because it was Charlton Athletic, they wanted more. For some unknown reason, when Charlton get involved in a deal, they want more money than what they agree with other football clubs. What they agreed. Poor, poor, poor behaviour. Maybe people just don't like us. Maybe people are jealous. Maybe people are jealous of the valley and the stadium and the noise and the, the type of club that we are at this level. Um, with great people, with a support base that has last generations. Maybe that's why. Obviously when you sell a player in this window as big as what we did, the automatic elements of it would be to turn back to, oh, you should have spent this, you should have spent that. I can assure you, I tried. <laughs> So that was Carl Robertson there speaking to the club's George Jones after the, the end of the transfer window. And was, well, uh, the, the, the club tweeted out, I was sitting there, I thought I'd watch it, just to see what this is about. And I was sitting there with my jaw like, on the floor, I was like, what is this? Yeah. I've just never seen a manager get so angry at an unnamed club for not selling us an unnamed player. I mean, obviously, no other club has any obligation to sell us their players. I wish they did. Yeah. Um, uh, it's... It, it was, I found it very strange. Yeah, very strange. I've seen definitely at our club and, and probably elsewhere as well that when at the end of the window you'll often get the manager come out and just kind of wrap up the business that's been done. But to 
it was almost like, and obviously we don't know either way, but it was almost like he said to the media boys, look, I want to tell the fans this yeah. and drag them in and record this video because this is what I want. And It, would, it wouldn't be the first time that he's instigated something like that because the, right. so the, the little pre, pre-match oh, yeah. videos that he yeah. does, I was there when he first instigated it. Cause this is, he said... You know, I like to. Uh, he mm. said, oh, with, with the BBC, he was asking me, with the BBC guys at the at MK, I used to speak to them before and they could put it out. Yeah. I, so I did the first one. The club have been doing them all now. So he, he instigated that. So mm. I do wonder if he instigated or this as well. When he brought the, the camera in the other day or the um, footage in of the Millwall yeah. goal, for example. But yeah, it was strange. It was. Um, it got mixed reaction, didn't it? There were some fans saying, there's no need for this, you know, it's a bit too much. There were other fans who. I think are pleased that we've finally got an, an open manager who comes out and speaks to the fans and is so yeah. so passionate and so honest. Um, but yeah, I'd never seen anything like it before. He talks about uh, two deals that we hope to get done. Now, so now that's it, everyone guessing. It might be two deals that were in the public domain. Like we know we went after this Williams from Liverpool. We also know at the start of the season, we're, at the start of the window, we were trying to get this Reeves. Now with yeah. that one, I know there was a bit of to and fro about price, but mm. as far as I heard about that at the, at the start of the window. Yeah. So I just wonder if, I'll be surprised if that dragged on this long. So it may or may not, the people suggesting it might have been pointing towards MK Dons because he said something about generations of support. But don't forget, like he loves MK Dons, so yeah. I'll, be, I'll be surprised if he turned on MK Dons like that. So I don't think so. So quickly, no. I, I, I don't know. I could speculate on who I think players might be, but I haven't really got any idea either. But uh, it must be frustrating as a manager because I'm sure you go go through every transfer window wanting deals that don't come off and, and more don't come off than do. But as you say, that happens to everyone. There's under there's no obligation to sell their players, um, but perhaps he expected these ones uh, and they haven't come off so yeah it must be frustrating yeah. now as I said I'd never heard a manager uh, give a speech just like that at the end of a transfer window and I found it utterly bizarre but someone done some digging and found out there is a clip of a of a manager giving a very similar speech six months ago at the end of the summer transfer window the current MK Dons manager Carl Robinson <laughs> gave the gave this speech and again it's only part of it but just notice the similarities I stand here very frustrated the chairman's here, the Bobby's here. We, we've got a list on that board as long as our arm that we've been chasing for two months now. Uh, some people know of them, some people know who they are. I can honestly say we've been treated by one or two people with a bit of disrespect. We've had difficulties, you've had three players signed in the last three days, and for whatever reason it doesn't materialise. That's nothing to do with finance, nothing to do with the player. The players wanted to come. Um, just things a bit underhand being done and, and that's not people will, will look at obvious things there's, there's a number of things that nobody really knows about but I stand here and I need to see the players when they come in to speak to them because they they knew the players we were after and these are the ones that enthralled us and got us excited and not through any fault of my football club I can honestly say hand on heart people want to, want to listen to this and they can pick the bones and they can say whatever they need to say we are disappointed because we didn't get the rest of our list. So we got the ones we wanted on our list, but there was more of our list that we wanted to do business with. So it, we've got to be happy, but I'm a little bit furious with a number of things that have gone on. And I can honestly say, this is as the manager of the football club, take MK Dons away, this is nothing to do with MK Dons, nothing to do with money, nothing to do with the chairman. This is certain things that have been very underhand that have been dealt with. So there we go, exactly the same speech almost it seems for MK Don six months ago. Um, so, so it could be decided maybe that is a ploy, he likes to play, he, like, he likes to you know, tell, 
try and put a positive spin on something because you know the, the window's probably not been the worst window we've ever had, mm. but leave them wanting more in a way, I guess. Yeah, I don't think, as I say, I don't think it's been too bad at all. But he's also quite a young, inexperienced manager. Now I know he's been around football a while, and you would think he'd know how the world works. But maybe now he's in the managerial side, he's realised. I think we all know there are some dodgy things that can happen in football. You look at FIFA the last couple of years in particular, but maybe, you know, he's just, it's his way of responding to that, I guess. But yeah, going back to our, our transfer business, I think, I think we've done okay, as I say. And that poll seemed to sum it up as well. I don't think too many of us think we've got worse or better. We're kind of the same. Um, if we don't have a lot of injuries, then obviously we're going to be hopefully have a better squad than we did in the first half of the season. It'll be interesting to see if anything comes out of Carl Robinson. So he's a, uh meeting the fans <coughs> excuse me tonight uh, he talked about it when he first came in he wanted to meet the fans and he's uh, now the transfer window's closed he's gonna I don't actually know who's I know the trust are involved I don't know who else or where else so hopefully over the next few days something cooler will come out of that right we'll have a quick break and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, the protest announced today by the the unity protest by uh, a group of uh, uh, protesting fans Going on a run, Holmes. Holmes still on the ball, heading towards the corner of the penalty area. Gets the ball in the box. Novak with the header! It's a goal! What a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header from a magnificent Holmes cross. Puts Charlton in the lead. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live. Big match preview here on Maritime Radio. Looking ahead to Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town in a, a little while. Now today, uh, there's been a, we've, we've received in our inbox a press release from, uh, from Card. But this is a joint press release from Card, uh, the Belgium 20 group and the recently formed Women Against the Regime War, who we had on the, on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, and, and it goes as follows. Charlton fans angry with boss with uh, club boss Roland Duchatelet have announced plans for a major new protest against his ownership in his hometown of Sintrun on Saturday, March the 4th. The demonstration will be the yard- largest yet staged by addict supporters in Belgium and is being jointly sponsored by an alliance of the Charlton pressure groups. The coalition against Roland Duchatelet, the Belgium 20 and the recently formed uh, Women Against the Regime are working together to persuade the maximum number of Charlton supporters to travel and get their voices heard directly by Duchatelet, who has not attended a game at the Valley since 2014. The Addicts Independent Protest Fund, which has already raised more than 50 grand to uh, fund protests against Duchatelet's regime, has pledged financial backing to help keep down the cost of the trip to supporters. Transport is being arranged to Belgium to help as many Charlton fans as possible take place. A card spokesperson says the next stage of our campaign will be squarely focused on Duchatelet in Belgium. It's clear that previous protests in his hometown have got to him and that stepping up the action there has to be a key part of persuading him to sell the club. Uh, they're going to talk about making sure the protests will be lawful and responsible. Uh- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, they said we've chosen this date for many reasons, one of which is we know that Charlton's away allocation at Northampton is very likely to sell out regardless, and therefore could be no sensible claim that the protest is affecting the level of support for the regime. Uh, they said further details for the protest uh, planned itinerary will be disclosed in due course. Um, so I think uh, if you want to, if you and if you're in, uh, interested in getting part, they say uh, if you're interested in taking part on the March the fourth protest, email uh, charlton.card at yahoo.co.uk. So you can, uh, if you want to get involved in that, you can speak to them. Now that's an interesting step. Obviously, we've seen the reaction to the the, the protests out in Belgium that the Belgian twenty and card have done mm. over the last years, and they clearly feel that this this seems to be the way forward from now on. Yeah, um, as you say, yeah, had a had a massive impact last time. I think it's it's the one particular protest, you know, with with him not attending games that really seems to get to him. Um, I think you know, Card have been fairly quiet recently. The the new managers come in and been positive. There's been a slight upturn in form. Um, you know, everything seems to be a bit more rosy. So so now's the time, I think, to to remind him that despite all of that, we're still not happy um, and as you say, a, a combination of groups all going out there at the same time to make it the biggest ever. I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes of it for sure. Yeah, because we've, we've seen after the uh, the protests that sort of like when when, when the Belgium 20 were, were singing outside his birthday dinner and the way that uh, Roland reacted to the, mm. the, the taxi for Roland stunt when they were driving around Belgium. It, it's clearly... He clearly finds it embarrassing when stuff happens to him in his hometown. Yeah, well, welcome to our world, you know. That's what <laughs> we've been feeling for, for a little while now. Um and yeah, since his birthday, we've given him a little bit of time and a little bit of rest. And as I say, the the protest groups are now time to pick it back up again. I think it's great um, that, that the fans are still so committed to doing it. Um, and as I say, I'm just looking forward to to seeing the footage and, and seeing what comes of it, really. I wonder if the, the, the timing of it I found quite interesting, the announcement. Because obviously the, this has come just after the transfer window's closed. And it's a transfer window where we're sitting here and we're thinking... Probably about the same. That's what mm. the votes were suggesting. But I guess if you're if you're the team that like us has got, got a slim slim chance of the playoffs, as we discussed on on Sunday's show, and you know I saw I, I talked about are we going to stick or twist? And yeah. someone talking me back saying I think we folded because because we, <laughs> we haven't. But um, you know because we haven't we haven't twisted, have we? We haven't gone out and signed no. five players or anything like that. So I, and it has felt in some ways similar to re- to other transfer windows in terms of. Couple of loan signings are coming in some cases. Although I do, I do point out that I think we've made a couple of good permanent signings mm. as well. Do you think the timing of it was quite important? The reason they, they decided to announce it this this week? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and as as I say, I go back to the original. Uh, my original point was that in terms of timing, actually, we're doing all right now on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think that the transfer window could have been better, especially with Lutman going so early in it and having that money to play around with and, and choosing not to. I think, you know, again, it's his money. He chooses to do with it what he wants. But we, as you say, I would have expected we're on the cusp of that. Are we going to get the playoffs or not? 
you you want an owner that's going to go for it and say right we can really make it let's let's give it our best shot and I don't think we've done that I think some of the signs we've made have been okay but I think I think we could have done more um, and as always that that lies at the owner's door so yeah I, I see why they've done it now as I say they've been quiet for a while as well so it's time to pick things back up and as I say looking forward to it so there you go the the uh, Charlton fans are going to be out going out to, to Belgium on March the 4th to protest uh, if you want to get involved you can uh, email charlton.card at yahoo.co.uk the, the Charlton Athletic uh, sorry Coalition Against Renlund Chatelet the Belgian 20 and uh, Women Against the Regime all, all joining forces there and, they want, and they've, uh, they, they're they trying to encourage as many of you as possible to go right also on Tuesday uh, the Getting to Know the Network episode 3 came out Was that that was Tuesday wasn't it so the, yeah, the transfer yeah. window must have closed on Tuesday then we need to we need to pay more attention to dates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> been a long week. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost count of days. Um, right, so episode three came out. Now, it didn't quite. It, it didn't have the same explosive reveal like I had with the emails in the second one, which was, was superb. But but there was still so much interesting narrative in there, and you hear from all the main players in this sort in, in, in the in the club, particularly at the time when Roland had just come in. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so some of the main things that came out of it. Sound, a, a couple of people were implying that they felt Katrine was out of her depth in time in terms of the football inside of things, although. They, they, she was praised for how how she sort of spruced up the valley a bit, and, and Guy Luzer in, in particular said that she liked working with him. Yeah, um, there's a quote from Damien Matthews saying talk, talking about how different things had gone wrong at the club, particularly when Guy Luzon didn't get his work permit in time mm. for the first game at, at Watford. He said it, a, a, a quote: it, "It just hasn't been managed right above the first team." Ben Hamer talking about how difficult it was for him to get his contract renewed, and that's why he sort of ended up leaving. You know, went, went to mm. Leicester City. Bob Peters saying that he knew that we were a couple of players short of, of being of, of pushing on for a playoff place but then being told you know you don't don't worry about that being told your only aim for this season is to stay up and then being told that if you're going to get any more players it's going to be network and that's it yeah so a, a fair few interests still quite a lot of interesting things came out of it yeah it wasn't as you say it wasn't so much that it was telling us stuff uh, you know that was groundbreaking like the emails from, from the first couple of episodes but what it did do was provide quite a nice timeline of those events, which were probably under Roland the, the craziest time we've we've had in terms of the managerial merry-go-round, in terms of the signings we were making. Um, so it provided that timeline, and also it just kind of corroborated and proved a lot of the the things that we believed to be true. So, you know, Ben Hamer getting kicked out of the club, the Michael Morrison and his reported. Uh, transfer overseas. Um, yeah, it was getting linked with Romania, wasn't it? That yeah. Was, again, I think it was I think it was Simon Church. He said that he felt that Morrison was really poorly dealt with and really poorly spoke to. And th- these are the sort of things that perhaps that uh, when, when you're, you're banging down here on on Saturday at three o'clock to watch mm. the lads play football, all you're thinking of are oh, gone flying to a challenge. You don't think about the sort of you know stuff that goes on behind the scenes and, and yeah. how how. You know, stuff not being run in a, in, in a particularly good way can affect players mentally and morale and that sort of stuff. It's not something you really think about, but it is, it is there behind the scenes. Footballers are still humans like you and I. Exactly, and and they've got livelihoods, and you know they've got a lot of them have families to to look after and support. And it's all well and good when you've got a, a nice contract at a club and you're getting paid okay, but that's not always the case. And as you say, for someone like Michael Morrison, if he finds out that he he's potentially going overseas to a club he's never heard of and he's then got to come out here and perform it's not easy to to do your job in those circumstances and it just reveals a bit more light into several of the reasons why we got relegated which is only going to fuel uh, fans frustration because uh, I think we we said last season that the relegation was so uh, avoidable and 
I think these stories just prove yet again that that was the case, really. So there you go. The Getting to Know the Network podcast is available on iTunes. Um, via their own website, they've got their own Twitter handle as well. Uh, getting to know that it's like GTK, whatever. Getting to know the network in letters. <laughs> That's how out. I would have done it. Yeah, yeah. search out, search that out on uh, on Twitter. Uh, right, just a final bit of news before we go. Undercover at the London Stadium, uh, Rochdale. The game that was due to be next Tuesday, annoyingly for me because it cost me about fifty quid. This brilliantly for term, me in terms of train tickets <laughs> has now been moved to Saturday, the eighteenth of, of, uh, of February, because uh, they were due to be playing Millwall at home that day. We're due to be playing Oxford at home. Both those teams still in the FA Cup, so it's a free Saturday. So they've moved now our midweek game. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's cost a few fans on tickets and hotels and stuff so the club have uh, done the very least they could do really after changing the the, uh, uh, the, the the date of the game so soon is that they've now announced free coaches and I understand that the first couple of coaches have been filled up but I think there's a waiting list so if you contact the club you can get free hopefully you'll be able to get still a free coach to go to um uh, to Rochdale and you're, you're, you're heading up there aren't you Tom you and Nath if, yeah. if he's not six uh, well hopefully he'll be there yeah I was planning just to go on my own but um, yeah to go I'm going all the way up there seeing a new ground seeing a game of football for about 20 quid so it's hard to hard to disagree with that really and obviously had the day sort of penciled in for football anyway because we were going to be playing at home so yeah I think as I say or as you said sorry there is I think there's a waiting list so if you are still interested then get your name down because obviously the more people that do the more chance of a, a third coach going ahead but yeah I'll be making the journey Excellent stuff. I'll be uh, I'll be up there as well. Fifty quid lighter in the pocket <laughs> because I can't get a coach because I have to get there early to do work. But there you go. Right, last night uh, a couple of tickets uh, popped up for West Ham versus Man City. So Nathan and myself, uh, we went to find out exactly what differences there are between League One football and Premier League football. This is what we found. So hello, welcome to Charlton Live Undercover with uh, myself and Nathan. We've come to the London Stadium to check out how the other half live. Uh, Obviously, we paid for this stadium anyway, so I feel like we're entitled to turn up to this. <laughs> uh, Premier, first Premier League football I've seen since we got relegated. What about you, Nath? No, I've been to see Spurs a few times on Arsenal, but yeah, first time in a while, I've And uh, we're just trying to explain the differences between going down to Charlton and coming down here. I- I've just spent the last hour or so walking around Westfield Shopping Centre, looking at all the boutiques and that sort of thing. How much did you just pay for that burger? Just paid about, about 11 quid for burger and chips but there's about 15 chips here and that's probably about 14 more you get at Cholton <laughs> yeah well good value for money though I guess uh, like I say we're, we're watching West Ham Man City today we're going to see what Lewis Page gave up by coming to the valley um, we'll let you know how it gets on Knife tempted to splash out one of these half and half scarves yeah a little bit I've got a, you know I've got an half and half Cholton Mill one <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things. That's one of the things you don't tend to get down at Charlton Games, isn't it? That one stays in the shed. That one. <laughs> First impression of the stadium is it's nothing like the valley, is it? Nah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Quite spacious, though. Yeah, it does. It doesn't really look like a football stadium. Nah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, we um, cost us forty quid each to come tonight, which ain't too. I don't think it's that bad. No. Yeah. Considering you know the team we're playing, it's not like Stoke or anything. No disrespect to any Stoke fans, but yeah. All the Stoke fans this one would have turned off by now, I imagine. Right, I just popped out of the world's hottest club shop, got my mug, obviously. Nathan, where did you go while I was getting a mug? Got another burger. You're in your second burger now. Since we've got here, you spent about 20 quid on burgers. Mm, yeah, because I wanted to see what the quantity was like. These ones are a lot better. 
Alright, we're inside. And obviously, Nath took me straight to the beers. What do you reckon? £4.70 pineapple, so that's not too bad. No, I didn't think it's bad. I'll tell you what, it's a nice beer though. It's nice and fizzy. The one that told me is a bit flat. It's like drinking pombo wine. But um, yeah, this one's not too bad actually. What are you making of the, like, the stadium so far? Yeah. Sort of Spacious. Back? Yeah. Toilet every five seconds. That's so you... I've never seen so many toilets in one in one stadium. Yeah, the nearest one, the only other thing nearest to it is if you had your own sort of bag, you know what I mean? It's like they're, they're everywhere, like, so it's, it's quite a lot of space, yeah. yeah. Considering it's going to be quite busier here than it is at Charlton Fleetwood, maybe. Teams are coming out here, Nath yeah. London Stadium. Bubbles into it. What do you reckon about the stadium? It's alright it's right in here. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad to see, so we're right next to the city, fans. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. They've got that little uh, bubble machine as well, one of which is pretty struggling over there, isn't it? <laughs> there's, a, there's a puddle of nothing! <laughs> Two minutes in, they've one nil to Man City. Sloppy playing the midfield there from West Ham United. Gave it straight, straight away, and uh, De Bruyne with the finish. Good finish, but really sloppy play. Yeah, I know he's given it out. I think it was, I think it was uh, Cresswell out on the left bank. They had a decent passage of play before, and he's literally just given the ball straight to De Bruyne in the middle of the park, and they punished him there. And Probably five minutes later, Nath, 2 0 to Man City, and a superb run down the left wing and uh, put in by the, the man you were looking forward to seeing tonight, David Silva. Oh, yeah, the little magician himself is unbelievable, and just that bit of play. Is, I think it's the difference between the two so far. I'm back, West Ham haven't been beaten too badly, but uh, they just sort of come out of the blocks, left hand side, and beat his man, and David Silva's there to tap home. When the loving that you wasted. 3-0 man, so a horrendous mistake in the uh, in the West Ham midfield and it all ends up with Sterling played it across and, and Jesus uh, finish, finishes it off and I can't believe how many fans are leaving, it's before half time. Well, I don't know, is it actually a fire drill, mate? We might have to get out of here, Luke, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely woeful. I mean, to be fair, West Ham's been their own worst enemy this half, they've given away two goals, like, well, second one, he did a good bit of skill, first, first and third goal, they just gave it to Man City, who have punished him and they have been on another level. Uh, in the final third. Please, 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 please. 20 minutes into the second half, Nathan, that's a penalty foul on the uh, Ra Ra that, That's a penalty, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, he's dragged it back. He, I thought he was going to shoot on goal and then he's dragged it back. He's two his feet away. It's always going to be a penalty. Yeah, your Torre, if, he, if, if this one go, goes in, it's going to feel like all these birthdays come at once, isn't it? We've got him a cake. Yaya Torre stepping up for Man City. 20 minutes into the second half, could make it 4 0. West Ham fans leaving already. There goes his ex Charlton down round off and go up goes Yaya Torre and he beats the goalkeeper. That's 4 0. And uh, the seats around us, uh, quite a lot of people leaving now. 25 minutes left to go. West Ham United 0, Manchester City 4. Final whistle's gone, we're leaving the London Stadium now, West Ham comprehensively beaten in the end. 4-0 defeat there, Nathan, to be honest, I think Man City uh, deserve what they got there. Oh yeah, no, it was different, you know, they were at a different level and you could tell them that. No, West Ham didn't start too badly and then as soon as the second goal went in, it was game over. And it, was, it was a matter of sort of how many how many were they going to concede really at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, but you know, 
glad I saw David Silva, who's another different, different gravy of a player. We'll be going back on Saturday and watching our lot. So I think I think it'd be exaggerating to say that Man City's performance at West Ham today was better than Charlton's performance at Bolton on Saturday with ten men. But they played well and they've beaten West Ham by four goals to nil. Into the box, it's a flick off from McGinnis. Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. It's very weird. Charlton Live. Right, so welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. This is a big match preview, so it's time now to start looking ahead to Saturday's massive game here at the Valley with uh, with Fleetwood Town. BBC Radio, Tony uh, Radio's uh, Radio Kent. There we go. Tony Hudd uh, is talking to Channel Manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Fleetwood. Talking to Channel Manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Fleetwood. Carl, you were busy just before the January transfer window closed with players coming and going. Firstly, you bought in Steffi Mavidi on loan from Arsenal. What can Charlton supporters expect from him, and what made you do him here? Steffi's somebody who's uh, very athletic, plays on the last man, uh, stretches the game, and can, we can use him really wisely. He's a, he's a very talented individual. He's someone that I know Arsenal have high hopes for, and we thank them for the opportunity to work with him. Um, and hopefully we can uh, we can improve him whilst he's here. his first loan, so you're never quite sure how that's going to go. But uh, we were excited by it. Obviously, Nicky moving on <clears throat> was one where we needed somebody of that ill to come in. We can't lose that type of player who plays on the last man uh, and we're going to replace him. And we tried that very, very quickly. Well, just to come on to uh, Nicky Ajosi, you mentioned just now. Return to former club Swindon on loan. What was the thinking behind that decision? Listen, when you when you see what we did in the summer for him, it was a massive outlay for him. I think it's difficult to have him on the bench not doing nothing. I think he needs to play football. Uh, I took that decision. Nicky knew that, um, and hopefully he respects the honesty and respects the fact that we were allowing him to go to Swindon. There's a number of clubs that were in for him. It wasn't the biggest bid, it was, but it was the bid that he felt was right for him to score goals. And hopefully he can do it. He can go and score goals against teams that are in and around us. Hopefully. Just before the window closed, uh, Charlton and your former club MK Dons were linked with a youngster on Liverpool staff. Was that report accurate? Yeah, we were interested. Um, I don't think there's one or two things that didn't materialise with that. It wasn't the only negative thing that materialised on that day, but it was. Uh, yeah, he, he's a very talented player, and it was just one of them things that couldn't happen. But was, we had other issues other than that one. Can you say who the player was? No. <laughs> It's that, listen, it is what it is. When you look back and you reflect on the, on January, it's a very positive one. Um, we got rid of the players who, who did weren't doing too much. Uh, we paid one or two players up uh, and we cleaned the club up in some ways in certain aspects of it. So it was a it was a positive one. Uh, just on that particular day to get caught in the way we did was frustrating. I've had it a few times in my career. It just happens both in one year where it was out of my club's control, what we could and couldn't do. Um, that's frustrating because when you care so much and you think you can get things done, it's a, uh, it's one that annoys me. 
But when you look at the whole oh, the whole window in general, it's very positive. One. You used the word frustrating. Is it fair to say that you were left frustrated when the window finally closed? Um, no, because once I was more angry with actions of one or two people, so it was a. Uh, it was just one of them things, and, and but now it's about us moving forward as a group and, and looking forward to forthcoming games. Obviously, Fleetwood's a massive one on Saturday. Um, having Ricky Holmes back like a new sign, and I've not had been able to pick Nicky, uh, Ricky Holmes from uh, from uh, the start yet. Um, Josh is hopefully could be back in a week's time, maybe. Uh, you've got the likes of Pacey getting closer, so Harry Lennon obviously getting closer. So when you look at the players, we're going to have more available now. We're certainly a better squad. You mentioned Fleetwood game. Charlton unbeaten in five, fresh from beating promotion-minded Bolton for the first time in 15 years. Confidence in the camp must be very high. Yeah, it is, obviously, but I think it was, it was calm, we were confident before the game. Sometimes you don't always need results to prove how confident you are. I think sometimes internally we see things that are materialising or, or evolving. Um, and the players' mentality and training has been quite superb. We had a lot of difficulties last week trying to find somewhere to train and... Uh, they took on board a lot of the classroom stuff and the stuff, the big picture stuff that we couldn't really do. We had to do in a different way and they applied that wonderfully well. But also all the tactics and the work out the window, it's about the mentality of the group and the desire and application for 90 minutes and the concentration levels. And certainly that was all there for all to be seen. Uh, I was very proud of them, very proud to be their manager on Saturday. Um, but if I'm being honest, I'm very proud to be their manager every day. I see how hard they're trying to work to try and make this club successful again. Now, fourth place fleet would come to the Valley, boasting a club record of 12 games unbeaten. Do you regard this as another important test as to how far the team have come uh, since you arrived? Yeah, I think it's a big one from that perspective. Listen, I think Uwe's done an unbelievable job. Um, fun of when we played Fleetwood at MK Dons, I think you played Fleetwood the game before at home and it was just a game split in two halves where Charlton were excellent in one half and they were fantastic in the other. I think it was 2-2 that day, I think it was. So I remember watching the game thinking what a good game it was. We know how hard it's going to be. I think Uwe, like I said before, has done a, done a really, really good job. He's really assembled a strong team um, who are genuine promotion campaigners. That, and we we want to be in the mix. These are the teams that we've got to compete with. And uh, we've got to be ready for the attacking threat, which is plenty of it. Devontae's turned the corner and scoring goals and tremendous work ethic within him. The boys in midfield and Grant and Dempsey and people he's brought in uh, Cameron Brannigan for Liverpool as well. Very good, very strong back three and probably one of the best full backs in in the Monty, in, in Bell. Sorry, playing off the left, McLaughlin on the right. who's a full international, so they've got some really good players. And, and Marshall Bayou is a top coach, so everyone knows in the industry how much I respect him. Everyone thinks that we don't get on. Uh, for many of any debates and arguments, me and Uwe, but as a person, as a human being, he's a tremendous man, and I look forward to going up against him toe to toe for 90 minutes. We're aggressive with each other, but away from football, um, he's, a, he's a wonderful person. But I'm looking forward to the challenge. Is the injury list showing signs of shortening? And who will be available uh, to you on Saturday? Who wasn't available at Bolton? I know Tech Sharers back from suspension. Yeah. Are there any others? No, just text for this game, but it's uh, um, and Bataka is on a flight as we speak. So uh, <laughs> that's from the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, I was uh, when he got knocked out. It was 
get back quickly. Um, so it was a listen. The last game he played against Bristol Rovers, he was excellent. His mentality and his work ethic was 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 top top draw. So to have him back into the group, but again, we've been without him for four weeks now, and uh, we look forward to welcoming him back. Luckily enough for him, he's not missed too much football because the games are being cancelled. But he's uh, yeah, unfortunately for him and, and Congo that they got knocked out. But when there's a negative, the, the, the positive is we'll have him back a lot earlier. Fair to say, then you've got a wealth of riches at your disposal. Yeah, about time. Listen, we're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer to a full squad. So once we have a full squad, I don't see us going in any other direction. But the, the other players have no choice. Because if you want to be successful, now's the time to turn the screw. Going into February and March, it is the most difficult time of the Football League season. I believe that. Obviously, April is the one who's got the, the strongest mentality and the, and the balls, the cope with the demands of of the back end of the season. And it's, it's, the, it's the make or break period. But February and March is, is the setup period. We play our most games in this month and March. It's, it's always the 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 heightened calendar period with with August and. Uh, We've got to be uh, got to be ready for it, and I think it's it's a great time to get everyone back fit to be on a little run. Because um, once Charlton get up and running, we're a big club. And once that momentum swings, we take a, it's a lot harder to stop us. And the players need to keep that going. And it's all down to the players. It's about the players and the support that the fans give to the players and the enjoyment the players give to the fans. And Saturdays, there's no there's no. The place I'd rather be in, on the, in that dugout watching this game, and we've got to be well prepared. We'll be mentally ready and physically able to cope with a, with a very, very good Fleetwood team. And what's the latest on Josh McGuinness? Is he progressing well? Yeah, very well. Can't wait to get him out the out the building. He's starting to do me head and doesn't shut up. And uh, the physios can't wait to get him to the treatment room as well. If you know Josh McGuinness, you'll know what I mean about it. A very loud individual, um, and uh, we miss him. We miss him. He's a top player. And he's a, he's a tremendous person, and he's someone that I'm really excited to get back into the group. When will he be available to you? <laughs> Josh said he was fit last week, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully, hopefully he had an injection on Tuesday. He said he feels great off the back of that. He was progressing anyway on Tuesday. He was running on Tuesday, doing some ball work Tuesday. So hopefully, maybe by the AFC Wimbledon game or maybe the game after that, possibly. And Jason Pierce. Yeah, PSC's coping really well with the operation and, and, and it's healing well. Uh, a little bit longer, obviously, um, but he's uh, he's progressing at a good rate and so is Harry Lennon. So we, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get that back. Roger Johnson has an injury, so he's out. Um, and then, but then we start getting PSC and Harry back and we're, we're starting to move in the right direction. Carl Robinson, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. So it's Carl Robinson speaking ahead of Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town. Good news is that Charlton women's team have just gone 1-0 up in their Ryman uh, Cup uh, game uh, down at Worthing. Katie Flack with the goal. That's 1-0 early on to the Addicts. Uh, looking ahead, so he's looking ahead to that that game. We're just looking through the, the Fleetwood results. Yeah. I knew, we knew they were on a good run, but we didn't realise quite how good it was. It's, uh, yeah, November the 12th was the last time they lost in the league. Which <laughs> is outrageous. Yeah, because when I was trying to do the maths for Sunday show, I was looking at other teams that were putting good 
good runs of results. And they were the one of the teams that had gone just below two points a game for the last 20 games. But I didn't right. realise that only included one defeat uh, in, in the league. And that's, that's incredible, really. They're sat in fourth place. Uh, they've played 29. We've only played 27 down in the 11th. They've got 39 mm. points. They've got 50. You know, if, if we're going to be serious about getting into the playoffs, you have to beat the teams above you. And, and we, we, we basically have to get two points a game now anyway, so it doesn't even matter who we're playing. We have to win. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh and we're at home. We've got to try and make that home advantage count as well. Um, Carl's talked a few times about the importance of the home ground, about making it a fortress, and managers often come in and say that, but it's true. Um, you know, as you say, we're two, two games off off them. Um, you know, we if we were to win both of those, suddenly you're only six points off them. So it, we've said a lot this season that playoffs is a long shot, but it's games like this that might just twist that balance in our favour. Yeah, and obviously you look at Fleetwood Town's form over the last few weeks and you worry, but then you look at the news over the last few days have just moved on. Former addict Egert Johnson, he's been sold back to the Danish Super League and also they've just been fined for an anti-doping beach. So mm. if, we can't, if we can't beat these smackheads now, we're never going to <laughs> Well, unless they're still doping. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the story was. But uh, yeah, it's obviously some unwanted news for the club and... And as you say, and as we've said throughout this show, we're on a, a little good run of form now and we've got players coming back as well and it's not, it can't be an easy time to play Charlton either, I wouldn't think, which is typical Charlton will then go and put in one of our shoddy performances, but fingers crossed that won't be the case. I'm beating in five, Ricky Holmes coming back, Jake Forster-Karski now probably going to start after after our world we did against Bowen. Um Trying to think if any of the other newbies are going to get a chance, I'd probably see that, that the new striker and the Ndidi on, on the bench probably. Yeah, you'd have him on wouldn't you, just in case if you know if we are a, a goal down towards the end of the game, throw him on and see what happens I guess. Um, I can't see much else, I assume Page will be suspended won't he, so mm, I don't know whether, will it be De Silva that comes in at left back or Chickson oh, no, will Chickson, go back there? Yeah, Carl even confirmed last week he? that Holmes will start, Chickson will go in right. at left back, so therefore there's going to be, uh, the question is does Tech stay in the middle or does, you know, because you don't really drop Force to Karski after our world we played last week, no. Ross was really good last week as well. So therefore, is there any need to take Conzer out of the defence? Do you take Conzer out of the defence, who's been playing well, or do you bring in Tex, who's got sent, uh, got sent off in his last game and, and had a bit of a tough time? No, I'm one of those who thinks if don't change your winning formation unless you have to. I think if those those two at the back did so well, particularly with 10 men and with the attacking threat of Bolton, I think just keep it as it is. Uh, as you say, Forster Kasky, it's difficult to drop him. Um, he says McGuinness is getting fit which is good so whether he'll he'll go for him or what I'd expect probably what to start unless McGuinness is 100% but either way as I say it's it's all all looking a bit too too good at the moment which uh, is, is worrying that's not the way we deal with things no it's not let's, uh, let's, let's get your predictions in quickly I know Nathan texted in one but I've forgotten what it was he said it was going to be a one-all draw one I think draw. So what's your one I think we might I think we might sneak it um, I'll say 2-1 yeah, yeah, I reckon we're going to lay down a marker, three 0 win to the Addicts. Nice. Fleetwood going back to their their drug dens with their fine, <laughs> uh, with, with their tails between their legs. Right, thank you so much for listening to Charlton Live, the big match preview this evening. Thank you, Tom, for coming. Cheers, in. Louis. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening at seven o'clock as we look back at whatever happens against Fleetwood Town. But thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let's hope those addicts can beat uh, the uh, the Cod Army on Saturday here at the Valley. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 